Hello everyone, thanks for joining in. I am Shubha Kankariya and welcome to episode 1 of Dastai Rahi. It is a travel talk where you get to know about amazing places through wonderful stories of various travelers. For the first talk, we have Arunima Sikdar. Arunima is a young researcher in the field of ecology. She treks in the Himalayan mountains to explore forests for her PhD thesis. And she says that she gathers more stories than data for her work. Any further delay, let's get Arunima on board. Yeah, how are you? How are you doing? All fine, all fine. Locked here and it feels good to have a chat about the time that I used to travel, you know. Being yeah. locked in my house. I'm, I'm looking forward to all the stories from you. <laughs> so, you know, I just gave a very, very brief introduction about you. But why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself? Uh, yeah, so, uh, hello everyone, I'm Arunima. Uh, I'm basically a researcher. I started my PhD recently in 2020. Before that, from 2018, I have been in Sikkim and like, because I was in a project that deals with biodiversity in Northeast India. So because of that work, I had to travel to a lot of places in Northeast and I have been doing that since 2018. 2020 I started my PhD journey and it's going to go on for a few years now yeah so how many years are you looking forward to like for the at PhD? least five at least five oh my God. that's, that's the minimum <laughs> yeah. okay so you know I would say I was very fortunate to meet you when I was in Sikkim recently and I got a chance to spend a good amount of time with you knowing about your story I don't know how has your profession like because it's not every day that you meet a field researcher. So how has your profession taken you to places? And would you like to tell us more about your profession? Uh, so basically, field-based research requires us to go to the places like which are our study sites. And it can be like anywhere, but it also requires us to integrate ourselves in that study site. It's not like you visit and you can get your data. You have to go stay with the locals understand their way of life, you know, in order to write a, about it, about a place, to make a thesis out of a place, you really have to understand their history, their present. Uh, so that's why, because my study site is in Sikkim, entire state of Sikkim and parts of Darjeeling and West Bengal. So I have been staying in Sikkim since 2018. And then I started traveling to other places. I stayed in Assam for a while. I visit Darjeeling also frequently. I've gone to Imphal. And I was supposed to go to Tripura last year, but the lockdown happened and I couldn't. So yeah, I'm okay. also looking forward to covering all the Northeastern states, basically. Let's see when okay. I can travel again. I'm just saying that you have like good amount of time you spend in Sikkim, I believe. Yeah, about two years. Uh, like I stayed there constantly for a year and a half. And then I've been okay. visiting every month for three years now. Like I met you in March, I... right? In Sikkim. Yes, yes, so, yeah. yes, of Even course. In March, I was there. So you were like already in, uh, like you planned up for Sikkim only or you just landed in Sikkim? How that went on, I mean? That's a story in itself. Like when I uh, joined the project, I was said that my study site is going to be in Sikkim. But uh, the institute that I work with is based in Bangalore. So, um, okay. so after getting appointed, I got a call one day for, from my guide and he says, uh, so we have a small office in Gangtok. So they, uh, okay. my guide said, just meet me up in Gangtok on Monday. So I was like, okay, I got my tickets. It was a Friday. Okay, within two days, I had to reach. 
I got my okay. tickets. It was my first. No, it was my second solo travel. I got my tickets. I packed for about a week, and I reached the office on a Monday. And my guide says, "Okay, then you will be staying here." <laughs> and I said, <laughs> "Where?" <laughs> I was putting up at a hotel, and they were like, "Okay, you have to stay here." Uh, then uh, I have a friend. I have a colleague in Sikkim, and she helped me and. we went room hunting like crazy for a week and i ended up staying for 3 months with one week's packing so <laughs> after 3 months i applied for a that leave was, that was a leave. lot for a girl i guess like one week of packing and staying one week months. of packing and like sikkim is so cold i went in august and it's constantly raining and the rain makes it colder okay and i just had one or two piece of warm clothing or something and my parents had no idea that i was going to like settle down over there when i left home that day <laughs> Yeah, but then that yeah. sounds that sounds exciting. Like you were planning for kind of Bangalore, and then you landed up yeah. in Sikkim. It's like yeah. a blessing, I would say. Like for a lot of travelers, it would be a blessing. Yeah, for a lot of them. But yeah, it's quite difficult to find a place in Gangtok, you know, because it's the urban center of the state. All schools, colleges, hospitals, everything is there. So it's yeah. difficult to find a space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like you know, we had a conversation when I was in Gangtok, and I remember you told me that when you go to a new place, you normally don't read much about it. Like you want to have a very unbiased and a very raw impression about that. So, what was your first impressions like when you went to Sikkim? It was okay. So, I had been to Sikkim before because uh, I used to study botany, and we were required to do field trips. So, during my bachelor's, master's, both the time I went to Sikkim. But it was in a group. Okay, we went like tourists. We went to all those touristy places in Ravangla, Temiti Garden, and all those places in West Sikkim. But this time, I was going to you know go and stay there, make it my home, make it my second home. So I did not yeah. take that approach. Um, uh, in the beginning, it was a little weird, like because I did not understand the language, and I didn't understand a single word of what people were saying around me. but yeah. yeah even if i felt strange the you know your surroundings are so damn beautiful it makes up for it surely right. so it took me a month to month to get a you know get a grasp on the language and then now i can understand nepali completely i can speak a little okay. bit but i can yeah. understand nepali completely and one of the things that i did was um i started exploring the place by myself first of all i found out that sikkim was very safe for exploring alone uh, okay. so i started exploring by myself on the weekends i would just walk here and there uh, get into any shop that's how i found out my favorite favorite spots you know i went out a lot yeah. uh, i was yeah. staying alone i didn't like you know being cooped up in the room and i started to notice how locals um, go about their day you know they used to wake up early they never took taxi for small distances they always walk so there are shortcuts you must yes. remember i took you to mg mart through a shortcut like lot of bridges steps. and all yeah, yeah yeah definitely and so i think those city bridges because they had all those flowers uh, around them and it was like a very very pretty sort of bridges yeah, like you know that's natural but you seem to yeah. get out of breath you know so i used to yeah. climb 250 stairs to my office every day back and forth okay. i did not take a taxi and all my yeah. colleagues also encouraged me that you, if you're planning to stay for a long time you know you should develop your stamina if you want to walk 
Yeah. So I'm sure, like, you go to forest also, so you get to walk a lot. Like when you oh, when you go to forest. Oh, that is. Oh, that's so difficult for me, and I fall so many times. I can't explain because, uh, so when a trekker goes for an adventure in the forest, so you will follow that trail that is there, especially for trekkers and tourists. So if right. I and. on that trail you'll not find any trees i work with trees i need the data from trees right so right. what i do is uh, we don't take the trail we cut through the forest like we look at the compass and wherever the direction is taking us we go that's how we yeah. ended up getting lost in the forest once or twice once it happened recently in february we could not find okay. the exit from the forest that, for that that is that is a story like very exciting seems like you get lost every time and maybe you have a new story every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can only get a good story if you successfully get out of the forest you know <laughs> so, <laughs> that is true <laughs> and you can tell only if you are out from that <laughs> true very it's true. so difficult because it's so steep and sometimes you know you're walking and then there is no road suddenly there's a stream or there's yeah. a you know it's downward and it's filled with plants you can't keep your feet anywhere i fall down so many times like i haven't even counted i got used to it now i roll myself down from mountains now it would be fun i guess like you're used to it so it would be fun yeah yeah it took so, me quite a while but i'm used to it yeah yeah so how is working culture in sikkim because you know most of the people just see the tourist side of sikkim but considering you have worked in sikkim you stay for long durations uh-huh. in sikkim how is work culture over there it's a small state and hence it's more like a family like if you go to my office i think there are hardly 20 people working there so they share their lunch they chat it's a very homely environment not like very professional and strict and yeah that was also very helpful you know i made friends in my office and it was just more like a daily visiting place in a group not like a very office sort of professional sort of place that's my experience personally or uh, even when i visited like i have to work with the forest department quite a lot uh, for my work so forest department you know all the ifs and df officials are there even they right. seemed very down to earth and very friendly and they're like always open to helping people i guess in general people of hills are very helpful and kind very and happy people friendly. i would say because yeah. the places i go to i wouldn't yeah. have ever found a staying place or food or anything if it was not for the locals you know yeah yeah so like do you have any encounters or any stories where you can tell us about like how helpful locals were to you because i know so, there are ample of stories of people of hills of when they can yeah so uh one of the things is when they say uh, see that i'm a girl and you know i'm a young girl alone in the mountains i don't even speak the language and they are like concerned like oh you're a single child what are you doing here you know don't you feel scared you know they are scared on my behalf of course i'm scared but uh, <laughs> what happens is we always take one person from the locality to go to us to the forest someone who knows the way so that we don't get lost etc so uh, those people have always been very helpful and they pay special attention to me because they know that i'm not from the hills i'm not used to this terrain and i can fall and i'm scared they can understand i'm scared so they're okay. very helpful 
yeah but then if you go to remote parts like you said yeah. so are people like is there any uh, is there any uh, input from them that you you're like a solo girl traveling in so hilly mountains remote parts so uh, what is the reaction of local people they ask me to go back to home <laughs> really <laughs> your parents must be worried for you why don't you go back uh, one time it happened not from a person in sikkim but uh, i was working in uh, West Bengal near the Bhutan border, there's a place called Doors. Uh, okay. So there was this one forest person, like forest staff, and he kept telling me, "Why? I don't understand why you're here sitting in the forest. You're so tiny. <laughs> Your parents must be scared." You know, he was convincing me to leave my job. And I was like, "No, no, you oh don't worry. God. I'll take it." <laughs> and he was so scared of elephants. You know, I saw an elephant uh, when I was working in Doors. people okay. are very scared of elephants over there because elephant if they come in a herd they are quite unpredictable and that yeah. area is totally an elephant corridor so i was working uh, uh, inside the forest and suddenly and i could see like it was quite foggy but i could spot the elephant uh, from within the fog and the forest officials like we should run we should run we should get away from here you know before it but i wanted yeah. to see but anyway yeah there are some accidents that they also report due to elephants so we have to be very cautious uh, because especially in assam darjeeling foothills of uh, west bengal it's like leopard and uh, elephants are there in plenty yeah i think working in forest might have lot of chances of encountering such wild animals uh, so uh, one time like it was not a direct encounter for me uh because yeah. animals are also shy you know they don't like people barging into their homes and all right. uh, especially if you are making a lot of noise while you are in the forest then that's not yeah. good like you will never encounter any animal like that you should be very quiet and uh, so yeah while working we do have some noise and some hustle like that but one time uh, in 2019 i was in darjeeling um yeah. we went to a wildlife sanctuary called central it's also a touristy place so there is a biking route within the wildlife sanctuary and it's very famous so we were just there to explore the forest that day and thankfully you'll understand why i say thankfully now but thankfully our field assistant was not available that day and hence we did not get inside the forest that we okay. usually do we were going yeah. through the trail okay and suddenly there's this uh, big cat sort of smell you know tigers leopards they have a certain smell uh yeah. if they are in your vicinity so we got yeah. that smell and like the forest is behind us and we are on the trail uh so we got that smell and i'm hearing some noise so like paw uh so if a cat walks you know it's very silent yeah. but still you can uh feel something some vibes getting, yeah <laughs> yeah i'm getting that noise i'm getting that smell and i got very worried yeah. and my sir i think he understood and he was like don't worry it's nothing it's just the sound of water from a stream or something but then uh, after we got out of the forest we got to know from the locals that a leopard which was spotted just the previous day and they found you know a dead carcass of a smaller mammal that it had eaten and so many people and even we encountered one foreigner tourist who was on that biking route and he asked us hey did you spot a leopard And I was like, no, we wouldn't be alive if we did. Yeah, that was there. I think there was a leopard. But was that was that foreigner trying to find the leopard? Yeah, yeah, he was very excited. Oh on his bike, he was going around the forest asking everyone if they had seen a leopard. But oh god, <laughs> that was the that, closest I've gotten. 
Yeah, that was a very close encounter, I would say. And if the leopard would have seen you, might be we would not be having this conversation. You never know. Leopards are shy, but leopards are shy. I'm just counting on. Yeah. Them. Maybe yeah. the leopard got shy seeing us or something. <laughs> so coming back to Sikkim, you know, how is community like? Like, you know, uh, are they like a very close knit community or what sort of community? Because you know, when I have been to Gangtok, like in March itself. So I found that uh, you know when you go to just Gangtok, you don't get a feel of what Sikkimese people are like, you know, yeah. because it's more like a hotels and you have all those like MG Road is lit up with cafes and everything. So that is all touristy. But then you don't get a glimpse of like real Sikkimese culture. Um, maybe we have to go to some other villages or maybe some remote parts to get that. So how what do you feel? What communities like Sikkim for Sikkim? I would say so like. as i told you even when we met up in gangtok that okay don't go to these places these are way too touristy i mean you will get to see the beautiful landscape of course but yeah. you know to actually get the feel of what life is like in the hills uh, gangtok i won't say it's the best place if you want to have fun and you know uh, have the fun that you usually have in pubs etc in the city that the same thing you get in gangtok if you have yeah. to get the feel like I did not go just for uh, a vacation or a visit. I went there for my work. Many places and life is like very different. Even if you just travel one one and a half hours away from Gangtok, I have been to a place called Tumming. It's okay. in East Sikkim only. It's just I think two hours away from Gangtok, and I stayed okay. there for a week. And uh, weirdly, there are no shops over there. Like not a single shop. Anyway, okay, and uh, so people are just so okay with it. I mean, they don't really require shops on a daily basis. They don't buy ready-made products. Uh, I, I, right. I like when I was staying there. I observed their way of life, and you know, they get up really early morning. Every house has a small piece of land in front of it, and they'll just cultivate something, some veggies over there, and they'll just have that for their meals. Uh, yeah. I had homemade butter, homemade ghee. You know, whatever they. wanted they needed in a daily life they took care of it from nature yeah. from the forests i did not it was so weird i did not see a single single shop in one week and i was wondering yeah. how matlab it might be very inconvenient for them but it was not it was not they had everything that they needed so uh, like going to such places made me realize that okay this kind of life is also possible and it's right. quite peaceful and you always don't need a surplus of things you know to be happy it right. is very also sikkim is also i think the first organic state of india yeah, like yeah, they yeah. have all the organic things happening that is yeah. that is interesting and um, you know when we talk about hills i always feel that you know the drivers who who go through these roads oh, yeah. and take you to those hills are some of the amazing people you get to meet and they have lot of stories so do you have any like encounters or any stories with these drivers who drive in the roads because most of the time i am on the road and i have to travel to remote places that means you know 6 hours 5 hours in a car at one go yeah. so like the drivers make all the difference because they are always so they are so good at conversations you know they can strike yeah. up a conversation about anything i met one driver in darjeeling and he had been driving tourist vehicles for a long time and he could speak fluent bengali he could speak uh, i think tamil also 
some tamil like okay. whoever he met he used to learn a bit of their language and they have so many stories uh, that makes the journey all the better like it has been a lot of times that i was the only person traveling in a car uh, for long times at odd hours and i yeah. never once felt unsafe even like the journey was more enjoyable because of the drivers over there uh, right. i remember uh, one time uh, my flight was late i think in january my flight was 3 okay. hours late and i missed my car i had to go to a place called ribdi in west sikkim it's very far it's 11000 feet it was very far and i missed my car that was supposed to take me till a point so i just got on a random ola i booked an ola from the airport and that i told my problem to that person and he started looking for cabs for me you know he said okay i have a sister with me she needs to reach this place you know he started asking yep. all his driver friends and he made sure that i reached like i got a vehicle and he asked me to call him if i'd reach you know safely or not people are yeah. such like i have not seen this kind of helpful behavior in many of the places and many of the states i've visited but yeah people of the hills you know this is like this has become normal now that's why i know like even if i'm traveling alone to a place i have not been before there are the people like i can ask anyone and that person will help me right right obviously i think the the hill hill people in general are very very helpful very kind yeah, very, very helpful very and, open yeah yeah and they they would go out of their way to just to help you out in whatever yeah. way they can yeah and you don't even have to be someone who is acquainted with that person like i yeah. have had experiences where i don't know anyone i just know someone from that village i go to that place and i say okay i have this person's friend and they'll yeah. treat me like their own <laughs> true like just oh, a yes. one single connection can uh, yeah, like even not a direct connection there were so many times like someone yeah. someone's friend you know very far uh, indirect connections i have just gone and said that and they helped me yeah that 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 is so nice of like you know hear such stories and you know we were talking about the solo travel thing like you told about your solo travel experiences so as a traveler myself i know that world is not that scary place solo women traveler has always been there like you know whatever the state may be whatever the place may be it's always been there so how do you see sikkim in that context especially the solo women traveler context i think sikkim is the best place uh to be there as a solo traveler especially if you're a woman i think most parts of northeast uh, are safe in that regard but i okay. think because i can speak for sikkim because i travel there every month now yeah. so um the hills you know they uh, it will all close down very early because day starts early for them and uh, you won't get as many vehicles after 8 8:30 in gangtok but there was a time when i went to a movie alone and it was okay. a night show and it was 9:30 10 o'clock it was yeah. raining and there was just literally one cab available i took that one and i have never felt unsafe over there i knew like i'm not going to get into any sort of trouble from the people over there at least it can be the roads it can be the weather it can be a landslide but yeah. it won't be anything from the people so you remember right we walked uh, alone there was a curfew going on just before the lockdown right. in march me yes. you and bhagya we could not get a cab to return to our uh, location so we just yes. walked and it was pitch dark there was no light we switched on our uh, mobile torch lights and we walked and we were able to reach just by guessing the road 
that is true that is true and you know what the next day like the day we went together in the night the next day me and bhagyashri decided to walk again like it was what around 6:30 or 7 o'clock we were at rachna bookstore and we thought yeah. like you know what let's walk back to zostel again and uh, it was pitch dark lanes but the confidence you gave us a day before that actually <laughs> made, it, made it happen you know else in if because it was just two days in that city and we didn't know anyone yeah. out there you know it was just yeah. two of us and uh, we we went through some dark lanes and even th- there were places we were like should we go should we not but then it, nothing bothered us you know except yeah. some ferocious dogs on the street except that <laughs> none none of the people bothered us and we could treat safely so i think definitely i i have experienced that but c- considering you go regularly on these solo trips to sikkim so you would be the right person to you know talk about that and also i would say that you know your your ideas and your travel uh, stories would give confidence to people like it gave it gave it uh, gave to us the same way yeah. it, it would give confidence to people who are planning their first travel to, or maybe solo women travel yeah they can of course go to sikkim they won't face any issues i'm sure yeah and even uh, i think we we met couple of people at zostel also uh, who were traveling solo pla- right? yeah a lot of were girls you know it was not that only yeah. we so found many, guys yeah. so many girls yeah and they were all mm-hmm. solo women travelers which was amazing to see like you know so many and mostly travelers. from sikkim some of them were also going to other parts of the northeast i think yeah, yeah generally in northeast you can travel alone uh, i wouldn't dare to do anything you know walking uh, through a lane that i don't know in calcutta in my hometown even i won't dare to do that because the environment is like that you know uh, right. it's not a good thing but yeah we have to adjust so yeah. sikkim has given me a lot of lot of courage about traveling alone i remember so i was telling you about that time when i my flight was late and i could not reach in time right and we had yeah. to go to a very remote place as i was telling you that village is called ribdi and no cars go to that road okay we had hired a car and because i was late we missed that car and then yeah. the car broke down and it was oh. around 7:38 and we were not even halfway so that driver what he did was he called up someone's restaurant and asked that person to keep it open until we reach so that we can have some food otherwise all the shops also closed down so we reached yeah. that place called soreng in 9:30 at night usually shops are not open at that time we had yeah. our food and ultimately we reached our location at 11 in the night it was freezing it was 0 degrees it was in january but oh my god we reached anyhow like it was not a problem <laughs> things yeah. not sorted yeah so i think that gives a lot of uh, insight about sikkim uh, but you know one thing which which i want to really talk about and which normally you don't get to know is about the korean influence in sikkim like like you remember that when we were in sikkim we bought some uh, south korean noodles and some beauty products Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I know that you get Korean products in other parts of India also. It's not that you you don't get, but it's not as common as that you walk into a grocery store, a small grocery store, and ask for a South Korean noodles and you get it. No, it it is not that way. But in Sikkim, you get that. So like, considering you have a lot of friends and colleagues who are from Sikkim, so do you have any insight? Why is that Korean influence in Sikkim? So even I. 
I was very amazed by the influence because after you reach a certain elevation, like you see multiple shops in Gangtok and all, but you visited Changu, right? So if you go to Changu, yeah. there in the shops, all the products are either from Korea or China. And one yeah. of the reasons is the vicinity, you know, the cost that they have to bear to get anything from Siliguri, which is the nearest city, and you know, the China and Korea are just nearby. It's right. the transport is easy, and also like these products are very, very in demand in those places because people are under the Korean influence for a long time. In India, we are hearing about BTS and everything very recently, maybe one year, two year for few of us, maybe some months. But yeah. I talked to a friend of mine and she said that ever since she was a child, they used to get a channel in their television, which was a Korean cable channel. Like earlier, we, there was no streaming and all, right? So there was, we just yeah. used to watch cable TV. So in cable TV, yeah. they got a Korean channel and that's how they got hooked into K-dramas. And uh, my friend, she told me like when she was in college or school, high school, she used to buy those CDs. Earlier, we used to use CDs no? for streaming. Right. She used to save up yeah. and buy CDs to watch K-dramas. So they have been into the Korean influence long ago. And that's why there was this demand for Korean products. And people mostly use Korean and Chinese products in those areas. And even like Gangtok is my go-to place if I need something. I'll go to Gangtok and I'll stock up. Like I go there and while I come back, half my trekking bag is full of ramen. You saw me, right? I bought some that <laughs> right. time also. I took yes, you guys. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And of course, you gave us some uh, some uh, store names also where we could go yeah. and buy skincare products and all so yes definitely but you know I was very curious because when I came back I googled about it and I could not find anything about it so I thought maybe like you know if you know any Sikkimis maybe you'll get an insight about it so that's Mm -hmm. why I wanted to know so not everything is in google yeah that is true (laughs) that's why one must travel so that they can know more about it (laughs) so you know you you go to so many remote places if there is any one place you would like to suggest to people that okay you know go to this place in Sikkim this is not touristy and one should definitely visit what would that be so uh, one place that I always encourage people to go to, it's not very far from Gangtok. So if you reach Gangtok and there's the Pakyong Airport, right, which is again functioning. Yeah. So from Pakyong Airport, it takes you 40 minutes to an hour to reach that place. That It's a small village. It's called Yaktin. Uh, okay. And you have to hire a car to reach there. But just like 40 minutes away from the airport, but it's so beautiful. I was there in December 2018. I was there for my work. There's a forest nearby. So there are some homestays over there. I think only seven, eight homestays are there. Uh, And the food is amazing. The view is amazing. The environment is very warm and homely. And I got an amazing view of Kanchanjanga. The forest is also nearby. And it's just very quiet. Like you can just spare one day to get a feel of what it is like in Sikkimese villages, you know, after staying in the Gangtok, say, for a day or two. That is one place. Yeah. Uh, Another would be Zuluk. So I know... I was was wondering why didn't you say Zuluk till yet? (laughs) Yeah, because I I nagged you guys so much, no, that, oh, you should have gone to Zuluk, not Natula. I think in Zostel, I just discouraged everyone 
to go to nathula pass after a point people were like why are you discouraging us but i just did not want Zulu, you guys you know what when i came back i really googled about zulu because i wanted to know why arunima was so gaga about that place like what <laughs> is thing in that place but but pictures are amazing like i think you would be able to tell more like you have been to that place uh, yeah so as uh, so one of the most popular tours that uh, people take is from chango to nathula pass but there's another route that goes and it's called the silk route so that's where between china and india and tibet the uh, trading would take place so that's why it's called the silk route so yeah. uh, after you cross chango you reach kupup lake nathang valley and the last point is zuluk so zuluk is that zigzag road where it takes i think there are 108 hairpin loops I no, think in thirty-two kilometers. Uh, no, no, no. It is thirty-two hairpins in fourteen kilometers. Fourteen kilometers. Yeah, but so, that is also crazy because fourteen kilometers is a very small path for thirty-two. And hairpins. even the whole route is beautiful. Like before you reach Zuluk, you'll find a small lake called the Elephant Lake. There's the Kupup Lake. There's a Nathang Valley. I had taken this tour multiple times. this was just for like a visit it's a one day visit from gangtok it will take you one day only and i have been there multiple times once it was in november but if you have to go to zuluk you have to go early morning so that the road is completely visible after yeah. 10 all the clouds were below us we were literally above the clouds wow. it was such an amazing experience we were literally above the clouds and you have to go through a very small village so as soon as we entered that whole route that has all these hairpins and it was yeah. just there was no visibility it was completely covered in mist it was cold it was november it was cold and we were freezing but it was so exciting every 2 yeah. seconds there was a steep turn and yeah. oh it's one of the journeys that i'll not forget because you get that thrill that are we going to get through this yeah Seriously. like if you have motion sickness then i don't know no. god may help you <laughs> i i don't have vertigo thank god but you have yeah. to trust your driver you know you have yeah. to blindly trust your driver any time that you're traveling in the hills so zuluk has been one of the best places and i'll go there any day any number of times because yeah. every time you go you know i was there at 11 am or something it's a different kind of beauty if you go early morning it's a different kind of beauty so it's yeah. a amazing place and i'll highly recommend everyone to visit it so one was yakpen and another one is zuluk right zuluk yeah. okay so uh, we have talked about sikkim so much you said that you have been to other northeastern states as well so what are those states and how was the experience like so one of the first places i visited through my work was manipur i went to infal i stayed there for a few days Uh, Manipur is very amazing in the sense that it's matriarchal. So most of the northeast states are female dominated, but if you go to Manipur, you can really see it. Like women are dominating every sector over there. So there's a market in Imphal. It's a huge market. It's called the Emma Market. Emma literally means mother. in the language and okay. that emma market is huge and they sell all sorts of stuff and only female vendors are there and it was an amazing experience by the variety of things that they sell especially the cuisine you know i tried silkworms over there i tried snails okay. snails okay. are so yum after going to northeast i keep looking for snails in every state you will not find them in sikkim uh, if you go to assam and manipur you'll find a lot of snails different varieties in every cuisine and there are many tribes in uh, manipur 
the most dominant tribe is called the Meitei tribe. So I tried the Meitei traditional cuisine, which we were served on our first day. It's amazing. It's delicious. I can still remember the taste. And we had snails as a part of that cuisine. They have black rice pudding and very exotic things. You know, it's okay. it's going to stay with you for a long time. So my experience in Imphal was for a few days, three four days. I visited the Loktak Lake, which is a World Heritage Site. So when you're landing in Manipur from the top, you can see there's a lake, and there are these okay. small floating islands within that lake. Okay. So okay. we visited Loktak Lake. We took a boat, and I even stood on these small floating islands. So this much oh, of oh. land is there, and they're like they are in the shape of concentric circles. You just Google Loktak Lake, and okay. it's so beautiful when you're just landing. uh in the flight and i stood on those uh, floating islands it was a nice experience these islands yeah. are called fundi in their local language it is one of the major attractions in manipur it's very yeah. nearby imphal you can just go in a day and come back so manipur was a very different experience and i'd like to visit again i have some friends from manipur so i think yeah i'll i'd like to go through their connections and you uh, stay like a local as i always yeah. do or like you mentioned about the delicacies over there being a vegetarian i am not very <laughs> sure how, how would i feel but definitely but you had laughing right yeah i had laughing of course i had <laughs> and it was nice you know until and it's vegetarian that's fine with me but i'm yeah. sure people who are non vegetarians and are willing to try new food and all i'm sure they would love that yeah not so this not this is a treasure for that different yeah. cuisine so why is that like why why people of manipur have like so many delicacies uh, for snails and all is there any uh, nutritious value or anything like that yeah it has a nutritious value i think uh, i saw that more when i visited to a place called boroland in assam so boroland okay. is a territorial land and i had some work there i stayed there for like 2 months and boro language is very different from assamese like i'm bengali so i can understand little bit of assamese i can read the script it same but once you enter boroland the rules are very different the language the boro language is very difficult to catch because it's not very similar to you know the sanskrit derived languages that we have yeah. so um, in boroland everybody has snails all the time all the time and i have a friend over there and i asked him and he said you know why you won't see many boros wearing spectacles it's because we have snails every day it keeps your eyes good you know our eyesight is the best because we consume so many snails and then i started having snails every day so you you don't want any spectacles that's the reason or <laughs> you really liked it <laughs> i really liked it I really liked it. It's quite, uh, and they make it very differently. The kind of uh, dishes I tried with snails in Manipur, and the kind I had in Boroland were very different. Very nice. <laughs> okay. And how about Assam? Like, how, what what were your experiences in Assam? So in Assam, I visited very different places. Like, I was I was in Guwahati for some work for a while, but I stayed in places like Bongaigao and mostly BTAD. I mean, the Boro territory. So the Boroland has a strict rule. After six, it's curfew. You won't get anything anywhere. Like and our work was inside the forest. Yeah, irrespective of anything, it's like six o'clock yeah. is the curfew. Oh, it's the curfew. Okay. So the town, the small town, the marketplace is situated on the other side of the rail line, right? And we were uh, staying uh, near the forest where we. where we had our work and we did not have any previous connections we just went to the village and requested someone to let us stay for a week and she agreed we didn't even have bed or anything it was a thatch roof a small hut with a thatch roof and we were staying there so 
we requested people over there to give us some lunch or dinner or anything and they denied us they said you have to come in a large group then only we'll make food for you otherwise you know we'll run a loss how many of you were there actually four of us only oh, four okay. of us so okay. we never got any food in the morning we used to have some chai and fruits and we used to go to the forest finish our work visit the town have our meal once a day before six and come back so we were spending our days like that and it was during bihu in april when we visited and there was quite a good stretch of holidays in between so no work was being done and we stayed there and uh, one day there's this storm that is like the season change time so there was okay. a storm and the electricity went off we didn't have any electricity where we were staying like you, you try to charge your phone and the whole uh, circuit is gone for the entire house so we were oh. told by the landlord to strictly not use any electricity you know not to charge heavy things and all So yeah. we just in our room and the electricity went off. We are just lighting a candle and staying there, and the storm happened and we slept. On next morning we woke up, and and suddenly like why is there so much light in my room? And I look up and the roof had flown off. Oh, the roof oh was gone. Like and like there was no like, roof at all. There was no roof. The roof oh. was gone. And oh my god! Oh, that was some experience in Borderland because it's yeah. so difficult to interact with people. They don't even speak Assamese, and I remember I was mostly talking in sign language. And one of the result was we had to visit a small. So Google Maps won't work in such areas. It won't show you anything, and we had oh. to visit the regional forest office over there. So somehow I figured out, and I told the driver in my sign language, special yeah. sign language, to drop us off at this particular location. So yeah. uh, we took the car, and the driver was—it was a shared jeep—and the driver had earphones plugged in, and he went on. Even I don't know where I have to get down. I was counting on him to tell me. Yeah. And I see, like it's been forty minutes, fifty minutes. What happened? And finally, yeah. we stopped the car. We got down. And I check in Google Maps. It's showing Dubri. That's a whole other district. I was oh. in Bodo Land. Yeah. It took me to another district. Yeah. And I said, "Bhaiya, why didn't you tell us?" And he said, uh. "Oh, sorry, you had to get down. I didn't remember." And oh so we God. were there, in the yeah. middle of nowhere, and it was literally like agricultural fields on both sides. There was literally nothing, and we were just standing there. We just. Got to the other part of the state just like that, and we could not. Uh, we didn't have any idea how to get back, and finally, finally, we hijacked a cement truck. A There was cement? the truck was the, ha, the truck was the only thing that was going at that Achha. time. So yeah. we just requested, and in cement trucks you can't get on the back, right? Because it was yeah. filled with cement, so. Yeah. We requested the driver. There were four of us. We said we'll adjust, we'll adjust, please, uncle. And then we just got got beside the driver. The driver was yeah. like going through the highway, so he dropped us. I have hijacked trucks quite a few times <laughs> during my travels. That is that that is very very interesting, and I think uh, like going on these trips, like doing such kind of things accidentally. I mean, yeah. they make so many memories. Like accidents make a lot of memories. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so you know we are almost like I would say at the end of the session, and I want to ask one last question to you. Like we got a really nice insight about Northeast and everything, but you know the last question I want to ask you is that people say travel makes you wise. You know, it grows you in so many different ways, and a uh, lot of things happen when you start traveling. 
so has that happened for you and if you say yes what what kind of learnings you had got from the travels oh yeah this is going to be a long answer because it certainly has like for 3 years um, i have traveled before i've gone on trips but since i started traveling alone especially to remote places sometimes i did not even have the coordinates of where i have to go so it was very it was scary okay the some parts were scary but then what i developed was the capability to deal with such situations you know i can deal with unpredictable situations now i know like i'll have one solution or the other matlab jugad bhi to hai to ho jayega true so it has made me adaptable to situations i can if anything is thrown at me i'll be able to handle it i know it has given me a lot of courage to travel alone because that not some that's not something all women can develop you know about traveling alone in their states right. in the respective environment where they're grown up not all yeah. women are encouraged to go out and explore alone so that is yeah. something that i'm very fortunate to have experienced and now i'm confident like if you even tell me to go and settle down anywhere that i don't know yeah. i know i'll manage somehow so of yeah. course it has given me a lot of courage made me an adaptable person and interacting with locals uh of so many different uh, tribes so many different uh, languages and religions all across northeast it has given me a broader perspective on life per se you know i know that like there are so many alternatives to living a life so right. yeah it has been a very good experience and i'm very happy that i made this choice that is that is an amazing i would say amazing learning because yeah. courage is something you you have to develop over time especially if i talk about mm. women and if i yeah. connect it with traveling i would say until unless you don't travel you won't find that courage like you know right. world world belongs to the brave like it is said so thank thank you yeah. so much arunima thank you so much shubha thank you and thank you everyone for joining in uh, we'll come back with more wonderful travelers so stay tuned and stay safe